Hello, everybody. Um, this is the Duke London podcast. We are back. Um, I don't actually know what episode we're on, 29, 30, something like that. But what's important is we are on the second episode of the Artists for Artists collaboration with the Duke London podcast, which is me. So this collaboration is part of the Artists for Artists digital spring stage, where over the next eight weeks, seven now, uh, we're going to bring you weekly content from a variety of artists we've commissioned for different projects. So you can tune in via the Artists for Artists website, which is www.artistsforartists.co.uk and across all of our socials, obviously the Duke London socials um, as well for this, but then continuing after these four podcasts, of which this is the second, there will be other content which will all be found on the Artists for Artists website. So yeah, that's super awesome. If you don't know much about Artists for Artists, um, they were founded in 2016. They are a trailblazing initiative activating artists and sector change for the UK hip-hop dance company. Known for their provocative and inclusive conversations, Artists for Artists collaboration with the Duke London hopes to reactivate conversations that have since been paused by the COVID-19 pandemic. That's me, I'm the Duke London. Um, so yeah, I think that's enough of that. But yeah, definitely keep uh, posted because I know a bit about who all the artists are and everything that we've got planned and I'm super excited. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. And Artists for Artists are a great organisation, so check them slash us out, because I'm now part of Artists for Artists, um, on their website and all the socials. Um, so for this week's episode, I have a special guest, unfortunately. So special. Okay. So this week I have um, a wonderful lady called Genevieve Lou. Hello. Um, Jenny Lou happens to be my partner. And I know I know the streets been asking for this one <laughs> <laughs> on the streets, but this is a bit more of a focused conversation as this is part of the um, artist for artist collaboration. So Jenny is here in her capacity as a wonderful producer and member of the now the UK dance scene, but. She's originally from Montreal and she has a lot of experience. She's done a lot of cool stuff. So we are going to more talk about her in a professional context as opposed to getting getting wild and rowdy. But that will save that episode for another time because that's coming. So yeah. fans of the Duke London podcast, if you want to see this get uncensored. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But yeah. Hi, Jen. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. And you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so... Tell me a bit about yourself, which sounds very redundant because we live together. But <laughs> to, to everyone listening, tell them who you are, what do you do, where are you from? Tell, give us a little intro about yourself. All right. <clears throat> so I'm Jenny Lou, and I'm originally from Montreal, Canada. Um, I have been involved in hip hop dances since I was about... Um, like 14, 15 ish. Um, and yeah, I was doing a whole bunch of different like classes and then started doing battles and getting involved in a whole bunch of different styles um, in Canada. And then I started specializing in hip hop. Uh, what am I saying? I started specializing <laughs> in popping and whacking more specifically. Um, and then so I was doing that for like the later part of my teenage years. And then 
I went to university and I studied business um, and like kind of majoring in entrepreneurship and IT. And then in one of my classes, I had to do a business. I had to write a business plan. So there was uh, somebody I was really close to and he had a dance company and he'd been talking about making a business plan. Um, shout out B-Boy Crazy Smooth. And then so I was like, uh, I'm going to write your business plan. That way, you know, you get a business plan out of it and I get to do my like school assignment about right. something that I actually care about instead of like a fake company. Yeah. And it's like real world applicable. So it like it kind of this when the stakes are a bit higher, I guess you care more and you put a bit more like emphasis into what you're doing, I guess. Exactly. And also it's like... <laughs> so you got an F for that project. <laughs> actually, I did not get a good grade. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, funnily enough... Smooth like, is like, thanks. No, but the business plan, like we took it to a financial advisor and a business consultant and um, they said it was like a really, really good business plan, but <clears throat> I didn't get a good grade in the class because it was like... Um, like the market research was too limited and stuff like that because as part of a business plan you have to like you know do a whole market research yeah. and ev evaluate the industry and gather data and like in terms of especially like entertainment there's data but in the arts sector like there's not that much res like resources and census being done as to like what kind of work is being right, presented right. what are the ticket sales what are so it's so if like, you wanted to 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 do a better, like get a better mark, you would have maybe had to pick a different sector or something. Exactly. Right. Or like, you know, I mean, there's just not a lot of information available. And it's like in any part of research is like you have to take data and then make like statements or analysis based on the data. Yeah. So if like the data is not strong, then your statement isn't the statement you can be said is like, oh, well, you're just kind of pulling this like you're making this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I didn't get a good grade. Okay. Um, but Excuses, excuses. Yeah. With that said, um, after I did the business plan, he was like, uh, I would like you to come and start work for, working for the company. Um, so that was kind of my first step into like producing slash admin assistant slash mm -hmm. strategy slash. So like starting to apply the business like mindset to something I cared about, which yeah. was like dance and hip hop, hip hop dance specifically. So all through that time I was still dancing. And then, um, after that, um, I also started working with, uh, Spicy who is like kind of, well, not kind of, she is like a pillar in the Montreal hip hop community and the Canadian hip hop community. And she had produced an event for a number of years called Bust a Move, yeah. which had grown yeah. to be in a venue of like 3,000 people. Yeah, I remember watching Bust a Move on YouTube and stuff. Exactly. So then, you know, Smooth kind of told Spicy about me and he was like, if you need help, you should really bring her on. Yeah. So then I started like assisting, producing uh, with her. So that was like in my early 20s. Yeah. I'm 30 now, just for reference. Um, so early 20s and then still dancing um, through that. And then after that, I went to um, Osa yeah. Folkhögskola in Sweden yeah. uh, to kind of... Just 
explain what that is? Because it sounds like you just said a random bunch of yeah. words. Yeah. Um, so it's a dance program that exists in the middle of nowhere, rural <laughs> Sweden. I've been there a few times. It literally is in the middle of Yeah. Nowhere. Fairyland <laughs> in the woods, yeah. quite literally. Um, and there's a program that focuses on street dance there. So... You know, after I did university and all of that, I was kind of like, okay, I still want to dance. And I feel like if I want to try to pursue a career in dance, like my time is now, Mm. you know. So let me take some time to invest in that. So I moved to Sweden for a year, did the popping program there. And then from there... Oh, quick question. Why did you move to Sweden as opposed to like to pursue your life as a dancer as opposed to the States? One would one would assume that LA or New York would be more of a viable option. Yeah, I think, um, like, funnily enough, even if you're Canadian, like getting a visa or like the paperwork to right. actually legally be in the states and be allowed to work is like you have to jump through a lot of hoops and it's mm-hmm. very expensive. Whereas in Europe, there's a lot of countries that you can get like work holiday visas yeah. or a student visa and the process is quick and easy. Yeah. And also for me, it was a lot more about like developing, um, like developing my dance in like a structured way as opposed to just like going out there and trying to find the people and like yeah. because you wanted the guidance yeah I didn't say that say it before but before starting university I like decided to just go spend six months in Paris okay when I was 20 and I had never been overseas before and I just like took an apartment and, you know, arrived in Paris and be like, right, I'm a dancer and I'm here. Yeah. Where's the work? Uh, where's the work and how do I improve and get better? Yeah. And it's like... And everyone in Paris went, uh, go fuck yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, but that's kind of, that sums it up. <laughs> but like being there and trying to like build a network, find people to practice with, find like a flow and like okay go to this class and that class like in six months I just bounced around like I didn't Mm. really get into anything and like culturally I think Paris is different than what I was used to as well like people are a lot more not closed but they're like you know, they don't just like take strangers in and are yeah. like, yeah, come on with us. It's not like, oh, there's a new girl in town. Let's invite her to all the jams. That's like what Montreal is like. Yeah, right, right. You know? Like if you just show up, like they're at the border waiting. Hey, we're Canadian, eh? Yeah, like <laughs> people in Montreal would be like, oh, you're from out of town. Do you need a place to sleep? <laughs> but um, yeah, so being in Paris, it was like this thing of just like, like landing somewhere and finding your own way. Actually, like takes a lot of time to get like get serious training yeah, out yeah. of it and find your people and find yeah. your thing. So I felt like I would have needed to do that in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I was less interested in like, um, oh, I, I want to perform like right now I want to perform and try to push my career. I was like, yeah. I just want to lock myself in a room and, and learn and train and have only that to think about. Well, yeah. I was, uh, is that yeah like, like that's what I've said other, to other people too Osa is the right place if what you want to do is lock yourself in a room away from the world and just train yeah yeah if you want to push your professional career um, yeah because you not. don't there's not like you're you're literally out in the middle of the woods yeah and, 
And even Sweden is like out of, you know, everything. So then you're in the middle of Sweden. You're not even in a, like the biggest town or something like that. So it's very like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're in your own. And it's like, there's not really anything else to do around the campus besides train. Exactly. Like there's literally like the forest, a farm and like studios. Yeah. Which sounds like a dream or hell. Depending yeah. Depending on, on how you're, yeah, yeah. for sure. Or like where you are in your career and your life. Like that's either the best thing or the worst thing in the world. Exactly. So um, I did that and then. I feel like I'm taking such a long time to like go through my experience. We got time. So after that, um, I was like, right, I want to stay in Europe. I don't want to go back to Canada after this year because yeah. I was hearing dancers and, you know, their experience of being like, oh, yeah, I have a contract in Berlin. And then after that, I might go to this <laughs> battle in Spain. And then <laughs> and then after that, I'm auditioning for a project in Paris. Yeah. And it's like in Canada, this kind of thinking is like impossible. You know, we're like, maybe I'll go to New York this summer. like If I save up. Yeah. Or, or like. You're like, I, I flew 12 hours west and I was still in Canada. Yeah, like I drove 12 <laughs> hours and I'm literally like one centimeter away from the map. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, this kind of thing really appealed to me. Mm. Like the mobility and ability to like go to different places and experience a whole bunch of different things. So then it was just a matter of choosing where I would stay in Europe. Yeah. And then like, you know. To make a long story short, like it just the stars aligned for me to come in London and yeah. I like found a room in an apartment that became free with like Frankie and Kieran and Joel, which I met at Osa. So it was just kind of like the circumstances were right. And then I came here and the first two years I was really like like bent on, okay, I'm gonna be a professional dancer and I'm gonna only dance. Yeah. Like and then that was really hard. <laughs> um and like I ended up, you know, bartending, waiting tables yeah. and like, you know, I mean, don't underestimate how difficult it is to like move to another country yeah. and like have to adjust and learn and network and all of that. Or at least it was for me. Um, I so, mean, you're not the only person that's felt that. Yeah. And London is like a city that, you know, like it can eat you or it's easy to like get trapped in. Yeah. In like or get caught up and not find your flow, but just flow with the city, which is a bit yeah. hectic. So the first two years didn't, you know, were really hard. I didn't really quite make it as a dancer the way I thought I was gonna. Um, and then um, after that, I had to go back to Canada for a few months. And when I came back, I kind of made a conscious decision to like, right, if I'm not gonna full time be a dancer, then I want to go back to like doing producing or like admin work and that way if I have to work f like part-time as a dancer and part-time as something else I'm doing it as something that is like upskilling me and developing me professionally rather than like serving beers yeah you know? right. so then I was and like, it's like in the environment you want to be in exactly in and it's something I care about and it's something I have skills in and yeah. it's something that I know I can make a difference so then I started actively pursuing like my role as a producer again. Cool. Let's pause there. Yeah. What is a producer? <laughs> Let's okay. have this conversation because I think even in the theatre world, I know people that don't know what a producer is yeah. or they think it's like a music producer. <laughs> yeah. Or And then especially outside of that, it's like, you know, there's a lot of battlers that are like, what the fuck is a producer? What does that mean? So yeah. when you say you're a producer, what are you saying? So first of all, there's a lot of different capacities or like roles that a producer can like take. So And still be called a producer. Exactly. So you can work within an organization <clears throat> and be a producer. 
like there's producers at Sadler's Wells or the place or yeah. whatever. And then you can be a producer, like you produce events. Mm -hmm. So you organize and put on events. And then you can be a producer, like working with artists in theater or okay. as a freelancer. So would you say a producer is somewhat of an umbrella term? Yeah, I would okay. say. And depending on like the specific <clears throat> artist or the specific context, like the exact job definition might shift where, you know, maybe... Um, it, maybe one person will be more focused towards a certain aspect of the job and less of the other. But mm. once I explain my perspective, I think it'll make more sense. Okay, like go. I see the producer as like, you know, Elastic Girl from The Incredibles, like she, like the Elastic Lady. Is that her name? What's I, her th name? I think so. No, it's not Anyways, Elastic Girl. Is it? Whatever. The yeah. Elastic Person. It's like you're holding all the parts together and you're the link. Right. Like you're the link between all these different moving parts that need different things and that are uh, demanding and like need communication, need organization, need all of that. Yeah. So, you know, in that sense, like there is an aspect that's very much about like logistics and coordination and like communication yeah. and making sure everybody knows you know what's going on and what's the next <clears throat> step and all of that but i think there's also there can be also an element of like strategy of yeah. like right what are we doing next what should we be pursuing like looking to the future and saying i think this makes sense for us or you know in terms of what we want to do and then putting whatever needs to be put in place to make that next step happen right and would you say that, because for me, my question was always like, so what if there's like an event, which is to me like an event organizer mm -hmm. or like an artist support, admin support kind of, but yeah. like, what if I'm an event organizer and I apply for a position that's as producer, but it's actually like supporting a theater company through that. And it's like, yeah, but I've only put on events. But would you say that the reason there's not different titles is because there's so much transferable skills that it's like, if you can produce an event, you can produce this. It's just that 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 set of skills can be applied in lots of different places. Yeah. And it's like, you know, for me, the thing is, it's like, okay, let's say you're producing an event. You have yeah. to think about, okay, what is the flow of the event like? Like, who's the DJ? What's the artistic vision? Yeah. What's the mission? <laughs> How does it all fit together? Like, and then you have to coordinate and like make sure everyone's on the same page so that the event feels like coherent and like all together. So in that sense, like a lot of the skills and a lot of what you need is going to be transferable to like, okay, let's say the theater, but then what might be missing is like knowledge. Subject knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge of yeah. how the theater, how the theater world works and like, you know, what is the trajectory for a specific artist and whatever. So in that sense, also you'll have like, you'll see people who are more called like creative producers mm -hmm. or <clears throat> where perhaps like that person is more involved with the artist in like the artistic, you know, direction and the artistic like decisions that are made in choosing collaborators and mm. establishing like what <clears throat> what's next for the artist, like, you know, seeking those opportunities, but also suggesting directions. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, for, for me and there might be people that like see things differently but for me that's a little bit more like the creative producer role rather than like some of them might lean a lot more towards like the organizational and practical and like okay so like you don't have any say in the creative but you just kind of yeah like get everything else done do the contract make sure everyone is <clears throat> contracted make sure everyone has their schedule make sure all of that which is like more on the coordinating side of the role but I think like 
it, it, producer is all encompassing of that but then it just depends on like who else is involved and you know the the makeup of that changes depending on the context and the person mm. and so who because i've only so far really heard like of dancers working with a producer when they're doing like theater shows mm -hmm. or like maybe events as well so like some big bigger events will have a dedicated producer and their job is to to be the elastigirl it is elastigirl i looked it up so i apologize i think i was Forgiven. the one that said it was elastigirl you said it was wrong um there's no way to prove here we it. go with the lines there's no way to prove it um it's not recorded <laughs> no uh so yeah events or like dance theater companies like when they have kind of like shows going on and they need someone to do that but do you feel like there's any other places where dancers could be using a producer and they're not like would a battle crew ever need a, a producer or like would an individual solo like a commercial dancer who's on an agency do they need a, or is that more like an agent or do you know what I mean where does that producer fit in and where could they be more used I guess I guess it depends like you know because and this is the the distinction between the role where yeah. it's like for me a producer is like like you said is holding a lot of different moving parts yeah so if you want you know if you're an individual dancer like do you want somebody to like help create your next step and like help like um navigate a bunch of different things in your career or you want somebody to manage you to mm. like answer your emails and like make sure you have your schedule and like and that's more of a manager or a personal assistant yeah exactly right. so you know personally it's like i don't find that as interesting yeah yeah um just because it's like lower like um involvement Yeah, and it's less like complex problem solving. Yeah. You know, I think for me, I'm more like stimulated if there's something challenging in front of me and not just like performing an administrative task, mm. although there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, I would say like, you know, a dance crew, like, for example, I started producing for AIM. Okay. Which is a, a AIM collective, which is... Um, popping crew which I'm part of happen to be um but let's say like okay what makes a difference between a crew and a company like ideally we want to start doing professional work as a crew but then it's like okay what is the image of aim what is our branding what do we want to do next what are the steps to get there like what do we represent what do we stand for all of these questions that like when we start gaining clarity and answering them then it becomes really useful to say like this opportunity is right for us okay mm. let's not do this okay let's pursue this and then from doing this then maybe we could go on to do the this next thing as opposed to just so for me the the role of the producer is also like that to look forward and say okay this is where we're going Instead of just sometimes like what happens, I think, with dance crews or dance companies, it's like, okay, we'll just practice and we'll just wait for someone to call us and ask us to do something. Mm. But I guess like <clears throat> the traditional way of seeing that is like having a manager. How, how I would imagine it is like I would think of that being a manager. So it's like producer can can also be kind of a manager in, of sorts. Yeah, but I guess <clears throat> it depends like on the context. Yeah. And like the require the kind of support that is needed. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it, it it does have like a managerial, like a big managerial aspect. You're managing also you're managing the relationships between all of those people. So yeah. even in the theater, let's say like 
you have a lighting designer, a composer, the artist, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're the one who's like making sure everyone gets what they need and what like what they want and what they need in order to like deliver the best work that they can deliver. Yeah. So part of the role is also like to manage all those relationships and the like human part of these things. So there is management in it. Yeah. And the other thing, I guess, which a lot of people would be confused about or would want to ask is like, because I, I guess like say you you want to start a theatre piece or you want to start a piece or you want to do a solo or whatever. And it's like, at what point do I make enough money to be able to hire a producer? And like, how does that get to that point? Because I guess you would need a producer to get to that level where you're making money. But then if you don't make the money, how do you hire a producer? What, like, what would you say about that? Well, I think there's a lot of people who are interested in producing and aren't too like sure how to start or how to go about it and there's a lot of artists who like want producers but aren't too sure and like about how to go about it or how that happens but the thing is like you know and this is a really important part that is often like underrated I think is like the idea of building a team mm -hmm. you know so it's like in a producer in a producer like what are you looking for as an artist are you looking for someone who's just gonna like write your application for you and do the tasks that are difficult that you don't know how to do but you just don't really want to do them so you want to get somebody else to, to do them yeah or you want somebody to like build with you and be part of your strategy and input into like your you know the direction of your company or all of that because artists in general like you know tend to be very protective mm -hmm. of their work of their company of their project of their idea and it's like like don't touch it like yeah, yeah you yeah. know I, like it's my idea and I don't know what it is yet and like it's a vulnerable place and I for sure understand it but at the same time like being a producer coming into that is like well if there's nowhere where I fit and I have room to like contribute contribute apart from you telling me to do like write an application then i'm just your pa exactly so then it's like you're looking for an admin person and then go look for an admin person yeah like an assistant someone who you can literally they're there to just collect the paycheck and do what they're told not someone who because i guess that could be a way of like i guess with say with like aim or whatever it's like it's not like sean came to you and was like hey, here's your salary. Do you want to be our producer? It's like you joined as a popper. You believed in the mi the mission and the direction of the company and you happen to have skills. So then you kind of naturally move towards that position. And, and you know, you're like, well, if you're going to this meeting, let me come because I can help or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it became like, right, now after all, you, you weren't, that wasn't the first day in AIM. You were like, I'm the, I'm the producer now. Yeah. Look at me. Like <laughs> I am the captain. <laughs> but you were like, you know, after a while you were like, got so involved in the, the direction of AIM that it made sense for you to like help. And also Sean felt comfortable, I guess, with, uh, you know, I'm speaking from a bit of behind the scenes knowledge, mm -hmm. but I guess Sean felt comfortable to let you help push the direction because he believed that you believed in him you know what I mean and weren't trying to take it in another direction or do something different yeah and it was really like um a reciprocal like ex or we will have like reciprocal exchanges about yeah. like what do you think we should do next I think we should do this what about that what about this and then having conversations and just being like okay right how do we make this happen okay yeah. we need to p pick one thing there's like too many ideas now we need to focus on one thing and I think like in a sense having a producer and it's so helpful because we have all these ideas like 
you know, um, like brewing in our heads and then just having someone to bounce it off and to say, no, this idea would not work or this idea is good, but we're not ready. Yeah. Like we're not there yet. So in a sense, you know, for people who who say like, oh, I kind of want a producer, but I don't have the money yet. It's like there's a producer that doesn't have the experience yet to be able to charge you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but you have to kind of make the effort to like try to build a connection with this person and to make sure that you get what you need, but also they have room to get something out of this experience mm -hmm. to be able to like transfer that into skills and to, you know, hopefully be able to like charge other people and yeah. and like get paid through the work that you're both going to generate together. So I guess it's like, you know, a lot of rappers talk about like, making their friends their manager and like kind of taking them with them and I think is that that similar idea like when maybe as a rapper you don't you maybe it's more I don't know I'm not a fucking rapper but like as a rapper maybe it's more accepted that you need a manager like almost every artist is like yeah I need a manager like you might not need a label at this point you know the, there's a whole conversation around that but most people I guess are like yeah you need a manager so I guess a lot of artists musicians let's say can't afford um a manager so yeah. they would be like oh i've got a friend who's like sick with organization and emails like yeah. let me put them on the when the, neither of us are getting paid right now but the point being is that when i blow up or whatever and they help me blow up yeah we're gonna like split the money it's or like, you know you get your 10 percent or whatever it is none of us are paid but we're both doing this trying to get paid yeah exactly and it's not like you help me so that when I get paid, I can hire a real manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also it's just like, you know, if you bring on a producer, it's like, you know, you bring on a producer, but you're like, don't question my art and don't tell me what I should do next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, I wasn't gonna, but like if we, I'm not really part of any of those conversations. And again, I'm just a PA. I'm just a PA. Like I'm, I'm your secretary. I'm yeah. answering the phones. I'm sending emails. I'm not doing anything. So I guess like a producer would be more like a partner. So yeah. would you, if, Artists are looking to move from, especially like hip hop artists. I mean, this is what we're kind of talking about. But like, if they're looking to move from, let's say, like just the kind of, oh, I do battles now and then, or I, you know, I do a couple of showcases, and they're looking to move into more longer form, more mature work, more um, artistically deep work I guess in a way or, or like maybe just out of the, the like battle circuit yeah or the showcase you know stuff yeah. that doesn't you can't put together in a few weeks and rehearse and then just put it on stage it's like okay this is a whole year process or whatever yeah. would you recommend them to find someone like that in there maybe it's not someone who's a uh, maybe they can't afford to pay an yeah, active yeah. producer at the beginning but would you recommend like find someone who's a team player and get them involved and get them to help you yeah rather right. than being because I guess also the other from what I've learned from you is like the other side of that is that as a choreographer, you don't then have to wrap yourself up in, in all that. Like you can be like, right, I'm focusing on the choreography. You know, Jen's going to come in and tell me like, you know, even if you're acting as rehearsal director as well or whatever, you're like, right, I've sent the contracts out. This is happening. This is happening. Go, go work on your idea. And like, it frees you up as well. A bit. Yeah. I mean, this is the whole idea is that you like split you know, you like split some of the mental load of everything yeah. that needs to be done, but you both know like that you're working towards the same thing and the roles are clear. So yeah, I would say like start, you know, if you're an artist and this is your position that you kind of want to start dabbling into that, like just even start talking to people who are more experienced 
producers and ask them what I should do next. What, like, what work can I do? Do you know people who are interested in being producers that I should meet? Mm. Like, you know, just to kind of even put the word out there and put feelers, start meeting people. And, you know, eventually maybe you'll form a connection with someone that you're like, oh yeah, I feel like we have a good work dynamic and, you know, we're on the same wavelength. We have a similar work working style. Like, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people say like in terms of an artist working for, for a producer that it's like a, a marriage, yeah. you know, it's hard to find the right person. It's hard. Yeah. because it's got to be a team. So it can't just be anyone that could, like, again, if you're looking for a secretary, just can you get the job done? If you're looking for a producer, you're looking for a partner. Exactly. So it's not so much like, oh, do you have this list of skill? It's yeah, more yeah, like, yeah. The, the like, is there chemistry? Do we understand each other? Are we on the same wavelength? And so in that sense, like finding the right combination of artist and producer is like yeah. rare. And that's why when an artist finds a producer, often they stick they together stick. for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'm going to call in our guest for today. Which Can't. is I will I will explain when she's on the phone. But yeah, we've uh, we've got this new feature where we're calling in people, and I think it's wonderful, guys. It's fun, and this is going to stay. So we're gonna. Oh, it's oh. working! It's ringing. It's funny. Should, we, should we do a prank? No. <laughs> <laughs> prank call. Funny if she didn't. Hello. Hello, is that Red Fox? This is Red Fox. Hello, this is Luke Lentis from Hello, the Luke. Duke London you? podcast. I'm nice. great. We are here with Jenny Lou. I don't know if you guys are familiar with each other. I don't think so. I don't think we've met. No, I don't think we have. Same. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to audio meet you. <laughs> so, um, are, are you, am I am I addressing you as Red? Yeah, you can cool. red, red fox, whatever you feel. Cool. Red, I, I like nicknames, so red will do. Um, how are you? How's things today? Great. I've been teaching online. As you know, we've got to do what we've got to do with the young people, yep. keep them engaged. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, I just wanted to, for the listeners, to like give me a little breakdown of who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name's Red Fox, and uh, people probably know me from the beginning from Boy Blue because that's where I started out. Yeah. And from there, I've worked in many dance organizations, performing arts organizations. Um, I graduated as a, with a BA honors in performing arts in the community. So that's where I practice most of my um, art. Nice. In any shape, form. I do poetry, we do drawings. Oh, cool. So I don't limit myself. Yeah. Um, so it's just to say, I'm a creative yeah, and I've yeah. been do, in the industry for over 20 years. Oh, amazing. Cool. Well, it's lovely to have you calling in on our new feature of these phone ins on the podcast, which I'm loving. Um, so we were just talking because Jenny, I don't know how much you know about each other, but basically, Jenny works as a producer. Um, she came from Montreal. She's been in London, what, five years? Five years now? Um, yeah, she works as a producer for a lot of like hip hop theatre stuff. Um, and yeah, we just kind of got done discussing like dance producer and dance kind of, um, I don't want to say admin side, but yeah, a bit more of the like structural help roles in the industry yeah. um, as opposed to the artistic side of things. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, you know, if, if you had any thoughts about the kind of this, these roles in the industry or any questions or anything like that, that you wanted to uh, contribute and we will go from there. Um, I definitely want to say that it, it, these are the kind of jobs that some people might not 
know about or yeah. even know exist or even think are important and <laughs> I I fully believe they are because I did arts admin as well yeah and behind the scenes is just important as on the stage and in front of a tv because without us like certain things wouldn't be ready for them yeah. so I really am sh- I, I, I love being behind the scenes I love making things come together put mm. it together when I see the final production I'm like yes we did that yeah. you know so just wanted to put that out there but yeah uh, I mean in general I, I love being like organizing and getting things together so mm. that's why I went down that route in the first place and I was lucky enough to even um be associate producer um on the Pi Piper from Boy Blue oh, cool. um, so that was my like first big kind of production 2006 and then mm. from there just the love of it just kind of kept growing so whatever I worked on from there was from the love of um Boy Blue really so that was really yeah. good but um yeah it's, it's tough out here you know he <laughs> can lie though it's tough yeah and if it wasn't for the avenue that I had through uh, Theatre Royal because I've worked there since I was about 17 18 okay um they gave me a platform and just like called me up one day and say like right Shah this is a platform for you do whatever you want and I was so baffed I was like what <laughs> I was like hold on you're just giving me this space this time I can do whatever I want. And they was like, yeah, produce what you want. I was like, So what was the deal with, like, you could put on a show? Yeah, it was like Sunday. It was called Undiscovered Sundays. Okay. And it was for the, and then I made the red carpet, Mm. which was different because, like I said, I don't just like dancing. I like all art. So I made it poetry, music, comedy. And yeah, I just produced the red carpet. But if you don't get help or you don't get someone that sees something in you sometimes it can it it can be hard but I'm not saying just because they gave me the platform it wasn't hard I've still had to self-fund for stuff yeah I've still had to like buy my own equipment Mm. and I've had the support of the people that believe in what I can do and produce to be on my team yeah yeah you know so yeah it's 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 been a journey but I wouldn't change it for the world (laughs) that's good yeah. Like if you want to give me some money out there, you know, <laughs> my name's Red Fox at Red Seven Foxy. Just putting it out there if you yeah. want to support the calls at the Red Carpet UK, because you know, definitely that's what we've got to do help and support each other yeah absolutely and me, me and Jenny were just talking about the fact that you know sometimes with a producer when you bring them in people are kind of looking for someone to just let them do what they want to do but it's like okay answer my emails and write my applications and leave me alone whereas Jenny was saying like sometimes you need to find a teammate in a producer and it needs to be like a marriage where you're both like working together and you both are working towards the same goal because it works way better that way it does it really does yeah sorry go on no, I was just going to say the reason why I 100% agree with you because obviously when you come at uni, you're still finding your feet, aren't you? You, mm-hmm. you ain't going to fall into a, that perfect job role for you. Yeah. You go through loads and I ended up being um, a front of house supervisor at a theatre okay. in Barking, and, um, which Broadway? was amazing. Yeah, Broadway, yeah. 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 And I did that for a year and I learned so much skills there, but I was a manager. I was like front of house supervisor. I supervised all the ushers, yeah. um, all the bar staff, you know, everyone. And, you know, I think they, I, and I'm not being big headed, but I think they generally liked me because yeah. I wasn't afraid to put the bins out myself. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. afraid to change this. Uh, even though, yeah, I manage you and put you into your places where we're going to do what we're going to do, what the yeah. plan is. 
I'm not afraid to do everything they can do. Yeah. And once you can do that, as in, like you said, the team, if you all have that same mind frame, it, it does work so much easier. Yeah. You produce better things. You, you know, you can move forward together. And I think that is very important what you said. So, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I think, do you guys, well, as a question to both of you, I guess, like, do you think that there's a certain type of personality that revolves more toward, uh, uh, leans more towards... I guess anything behind the scenes or production work as opposed to being an artist because I guess maybe as an artist you're you're the one on stage getting the round of applause and as a producer you're kind of in the wings going yeah we did it <laughs> but you're not maybe getting the same kind of um accolades that the performers or choreographers are getting so do you think it takes a certain type of personality do you think that there's you know more personalities that are leaning towards artists or do you think that you know just not enough people have discovered that there's an avenue for them outside of performing um i think that it's like for sure there's certain personality traits characters and like uh skill sets that will gravitate towards producing mm -hmm. but like one thing that i think especially as you gain like uh like skill in what you do you realize that putting on a performance and b building a show is like it's a team sport yeah. you know maybe the artist is like at the head and they're the face of it yeah. but like there's so many moving parts and so in that sense like right you have to be okay with not being the one like on stage taking the bow and like yeah. taking it in the applause so I think that that's just part of the role but in terms of character and personality I think that a producer is someone that like has to be able to like zoom out and have like a big vision and like you know see where we're going and have a strategy but also able to like zoom in in a detail and say okay this big thing how are we specifically gonna achieve that yeah like what's today's task yeah so i think like this ability to have like a like a, a bird's eye view but also like a super macro yeah, yeah. like like an eagle you know you can yeah. see everything but then you go down and catch that mouse like <laughs> <laughs> so i think that for me that's like the if you have that um that ability then you know you would probably be good at producing yeah yeah what do you think red i fully agree with you there as yeah. well and 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 that's the thing I've never really wanted to be a limelight person. Oh, really? And yeah, I've loved dancing. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I've I've danced since I was young, mm. but I've never wanted to be that famous dancer on the screen. Right. I absolutely <laughs> love watching them, mm. you know, and feeling like you're part of it. And, you know, and um, like Jenny was saying, like, you have to have a good, like, kind of mind frame to that kind of, um, if it, it is technical, isn't it? Because... Yeah. You know, we might sit in a room at a table and do a reading and someone's like, I would want this to happen. Well, who's going to make that happen? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're the performer, but, you know, you want it to happen. We just have to magically make it happen. Yeah. And then we go out and find the resources for it and we'll find a good way to make that happen and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's... I've never wanted to be that performer. I think I am, a, I am that person that likes to find the solution and find mm, yeah, the way to solver. kind of put yeah like did, did I you, definitely believe oh, that problem solver is yeah. definitely on the list there because I like to do that so that's why I like to do what I do yeah did, did you perform in the boy blue um when you were associate producer for Pied Piper did you perform as well 
No, not not for Pipe Pipe. I was only associate producer for that. Oh, amazing! So, what was that like? Because that's quite a big, you know, quite a big thing. So, was it when you watched it, you didn't get any sort of like, oh, I wish I was on stage, or were you super happy to be like, yeah, we did that kind of thing? Oh, uh, do you know what? Right, because obviously, you know, it's come back a few times. I did yeah. the original, the yeah. first uh, original one. That was so. when two thousand and six. Two thousand six. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I think no. I do you know what. I, just, I think the tiniest bit of me wanted to be on stage with them. Yeah. But I just loved watching it so much. I like, you You start to naturally learn the moves. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I've seen it sometimes. Like, I just felt like, I just felt happy to be a part of it. So when I watched it, I was just filled with joy because I'm like, yes, we made this happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, even mm. though I just booked rehearsal spaces, paid people's fees, you know, called everybody for time check. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But putting all of those together and seeing them all on stage yeah you you do want to get up there there's no way you can watch something and not feel like you want to just get up yeah, in there yeah, with yeah. them but i think also maybe it's if you if you have performers who appreciate you you don't feel left out cuz you know no. i can speak from i haven't really done any producing but from a performer aspect if you're part of a, a anything that has moving parts you know like any tours or going overseas to perform or whatever like that person is like the lifesaver. They're the ones that's like, you know, like we had Michelle on the last episode and it's like, I've worked with her on Breaking Convention when I was yeah. a performer. And, um, you know, it's like the person that's like, oh, here's your flight details. Here's this, you know, this is when this happened and this is, and you're like, oh my God, if this, per you realize like when you're in it, like if this person wasn't here, how would all yeah. of this get yeah. done? Yeah, and also yeah. when things happen unexpectedly, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, um, there's like, one you know like a oh, one person missed their flight like it's not me chasing them it's, cer <laughs> it's certainly not like jonesy who's at the theater with an artist who's gonna be like okay right do they have their v like yeah, they yeah. Have their there's someone that needs to go for those details that maybe yeah yeah them. and we know and that like with shows and performances and like just the the this industry it's like unexpected things happen all the time yeah 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 like you need that person mm. Yeah, and I agree, and that's and that's one thing I I also went to breaking convention during um, a period of time, so I know what that that all of that feels like because you you have a schedule and you've got to stick to it and you've got to keep to it and anything can go wrong. You have to be prepared for it. You have to think fast, solutions, ideas, mm. and get it in there. So yeah, it it is a very. I think a producer's job is very. Um, you know. I don't know what the right word is, but you have to be ready for anything and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. It's like 24-7 yeah. working, isn't it? Because even, yeah. you know, I was thinking of like Breaking Convention when we toured and stuff, it's like when you go to another country and it's like when me as a performer, I'm done, I did my tech for the day, I don't have to, you know, perform until tomorrow. When I yeah. go to bed, I'm, I'm going to bed. Like I turn my phone <laughs> on silent, whatever. But I can imagine like anyone else in that production that's not a performer, you got to have your phone on, you got to be yeah. ready, you got to know when people are flying in, like mm -hmm. the time differences, like there's, there's a, <laughs> A lot you gotta be ready 24 7 you do yeah you really do do you find that there's like a i want to i don't know how to phrase the question but i want to ask you guys about like the gender the gender of these sort of things like do you find that women have a harder time in these sort of roles or an easier time or where where do you find yourself as like kind of women in these in these industries 
This um, is a big question. Big question. It is a big question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask it in a very specific way either, did I? I feel like I can definitely like just speak for a whole day about like women in general and <laughs> being like, because for me, this is um, actually like, okay, women in producing and in this industry specifically, but also just like as business women, yeah, you right. know, there's certain things we experience. But I will say that like generally I've seen more women producers than men producers mm. a lot more women producer producing for male artists than a, a male. male producer working for a female artist interesting would you say yeah. the same Red? I, I actually would say the same yeah. I think that there are a lot of female producers out there but like you said we're in the background so you don't necessarily know mm. you only know if you know yeah yeah, do, yeah. do you know what I mean so I I think women, because we have that, we naturally have that organizational kind of <laughs> let's get it together, mm. you know, we can be producers because of that, right. you know, some men, and this is no disrespect to anybody <laughs> no, no, out no. there listening, it's just <laughs> that some men, they like to get on with the work and yeah. just, you know, and get the work done. Whereas us women, we mechanically get those bits together so you can do that. So, yeah. And I think maybe it's also like, because, uh, you know, I think maybe it's the, the gender stereotypes that we are maybe we grow up with is like, even though it's, you know, it's not like the TV show Mad Men or like the 50s, you know, where the, <laughs> the woman is the like household organizer or whatever, but it's definitely true that those there's remnants of those that era in us still you know so yeah. like there's still maybe a tendency for a gender stereotype to be like if you're growing up as a little girl you're leaning towards like you know these sort of activities where you're maybe organizing different things and it could be like a gender stereotype thing where you know as a man even maybe we're like oh no like subconsciously don't want to lean towards doing the organization thing we want to be the the face of it or something like that because you know maybe there's something in society pushing us that way if that makes sense yeah but I, yeah. I will say though like you know for me personally like I do know some like male producers and yeah. I know like there's been there have been like quite a few male producers and entrepreneurs who have like mentored and really helped me yeah and um but most of the time like f except for a few exceptions like a lot of the times the men that i know who are producers are like entrepreneurs so they're pushing and they're producing their own project mm. as opposed to like supporting somebody else's art and somebody yeah. else's pr right. production so like the only I think like men that comes to my mind that does that is Farouk Chowdhury I know there's more but like From your this is one of the only people that I met that I was like oh yeah like he's he's a men producer for other artists and I haven't met a lot of of men of who do that yeah yeah I, I have to say that you know I was she touched on what I was going to say but mm. you know like even when you, you're saying that like I went to um, an outdoor poetry session mm -hmm. and uh, my friend introduced me to the producer and I don't know why I just automatically thought it was a woman right and not because I'm saying men can't do it I'm just saying mm -hmm. again it was just like oh because it because of what it was and then it was this big tall guy and he was like hi I'm the producer I was just like oh <laughs> hi yeah you know, but that was for TV. Mm. Yeah. You see what I mean? So I, I, I kind of make you right because when you think of TV productions and people that are up there, yeah, 
there are a lot of males up there. There's, mm. there. there's not as many women. But when you think of our scale and our performing arts and our shows and our theatre shows and, you know, our dance shows, there are a lot of female producers behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there is a lot of male and female in producer roles. But as you said... Some of them are doing it big screen TV films and all mm. that stuff. They are majority men. Yeah. And the people that are doing the theatre sides and the not saying we're less important, but it's just the way it's happened. And maybe and there's less money in it. I was and like, less not money. less important, but less paid. <laughs> yeah, definitely less paid, girl. <laughs> yeah. So do you think maybe it's a case of like the the maybe if we're if we're addressing like an inequality it would be not in the sense of women being pushed into the roles because they're there but mm-hmm. maybe not being taken on to the big money roles would you guys say that mm, i don't think so like i mean because if we're talking about the big money role like we're just talking about working in a different industry because right, the art right. the art sector just like and especially dance and especially hip hop dance like yes. just <laughs> i don't know a lot of companies that are like working on big 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 money <laughs> yeah. even the ones you know the npos like that you know people tend to think like oh yeah they have operating money and they're like that boy blue was or something. yeah but yeah. like the cost of their operation is also really high so it's like it's yeah. more demanding and they get more money in but they also put more money out right. you know I, so yeah i wouldn't like i don't think that it's a, a thing about like you know women aren't giving given the opportunity to like get highly paid positions in dance yeah um, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it's also, you know, just in general, the, the, the status quo of like women and men in business, you know, it doesn't have to be that it's specific to this industry that's causing, you know, any sort of, um, leaning one way or the other. Maybe it's just in general, like. And yeah, I feel like, like actually, you know, there's this thing and especially in hip hop dance about like the fact that, you know, it's always kind of said in some way that like it's male dominated. Yeah. And I agree to the extent that it's like it's a lot of men that are at the forefront, mm-hmm. like that we see on stage. They're the choreographer, they're the leader. But often I'm like, you know, there's more men and we we want and we need more women at the forefront being the face, being like all of that. Yeah. But also, are we not acknowledging like the whole force of like women that are driving? Yeah opportunities and industry from like but that you don't really see you know you see the opportunity and you're like oh yeah there's a call out for a digital something and it's like yeah it's like women who are behind creating this opportunity mm. but because it's not a woman like face on the poster then right. you don't associate I it guess because like what you both have said today is kind of like you know how important a producer role is and how much you need that role mm-hmm. to make stuff happen like Red you were saying you know on the on the Pied Piper thing maybe you weren't on stage taking the bow but you were like super essential in making that even happen so for us to say that you know Pied Piper was a, a male-led thing would be incorrect, you know, because without you, it might not have happened as it did, you know? Yeah, and when you say it like that, you know, you think about it, because obviously I worked with uh, the theatre role producer who mm. was one of them anyway. She was a woman as well, so oh, we amazing. worked together. Yeah, But yeah, you're right. They are, they, it was a male-faced um, organisation. Yeah. But yes, we was behind the scenes making it happen as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, again, what Jenny was saying is right. It's true about 
you know, the men being at the forefront, maybe they're on the pictures and the posters and they're out there, but we are here as well. But that's what I've chosen, mm, if that makes exactly. sense. So I won't you don't knock feel it forced in. into that. Yeah, I chose to do arts admin, yeah. so I chose to be behind the scenes. I miss performing, so I still perform with my kids sometimes. Yeah. And some people might ask me to do little random things here and there. But my main focus is to make something come to life. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is this is my thing is like, in our quest for equality, we c- it's easy to forget to celebrate the women that we already have do you know what I mean it's like we spend all our time saying there's not enough women there's not enough women and then meanwhile there's amazing people like you guys who are doing great work and we're just like yeah yeah yeah, but it's not enough and it's like we need to also like balance that with stopping and saying yo how amazing is it that we have read that put together this like or there's associate producer on Pied Piper like how amazing you know it wouldn't have happened without her amazing you know with Jen with some of the work that she does so like we need both sides if you think of like you know Lee Griffiths Kate uh, Emily Michelle um, like how many productions wouldn't have happened if those women weren't in those roles exactly but it's like because you see like um you know because you see like and uh, Joe stand up with Boy Blue, yeah. like a bunch of people. But because the people that you see is Jonesy, Kenrick, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then it's like, OK, we need more women at the front. And like, you know, being yeah. the head of companies, like, sure, I 100% agree. But also, like, can we, like, acknowledge, acknowledge that yeah. there are women who are driving things forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Truth. And that's that's a good point as well, because there are. And obviously we have people like Chloe Dean. Yeah, people yeah. Like Rhymes Laquaint. Like mm. I've worked with Bodicea for over four years when they were yeah. very active. So, but they've had to work very hard. Yeah. You know, they've battled their way through yeah. the pool of men, male-dominated positions and they've bust through and they're creating and they're still creating and they're still making movements and they're and they're for female empowerment so there are avenues now that are kind of there pushing the females to the front like come on girls we're here come along with us yeah exactly and if we don't celebrate them then it's less inspiring for the other people that want to do that you know it's like the more we encourage those people maybe the more you know young women are going to want to get into these things or yes so yeah that's the thing as well and we, we we need to love and support that as well Boom. This this turned out so positive. I love this. <laughs> like round of I wish I had like a round of applause. I need like um yeah, sound sounds. effects like round yeah, of applause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little gunshot like is it Charlie Sloth? <laughs> Tim Westwood style. Yeah. Um no, but yeah, honestly, like a big shout out to all the women making it happen. Um, yes. But yes, Red, thank you so much for coming. Um yeah. we're gonna put up your social media details or whatever you want us to put up on the screen here mm-hmm. and so people can check you out and contact Perfect. you if they want to work with you because you are a wonderful and very very competent woman and you do Thank a great you. job with all the stuff that you know that I've seen that you do I've heard you your name way before we spoke I think I first heard <laughs> about you through Bruno um oh, that's my bro yeah way back he was telling me about you and I was like oh yeah. I don't think I've met but this is like you know way way back um, I literally spoke to him yesterday oh sick <laughs> I love Bruno I haven't spoken to him in ages um but yes yeah, so, thank you so much for coming on yeah, and, thank you for um, having me. Yeah, and hopefully post uh, 
post-pandemic world-ending apocalypse. We can we have meet more, in the flesh. Yeah, we can have more than one person in the studio. Yes, I'll be more than happy to come in. It was, it was great, actually. I loved it. Oh, thanks so much. All right, well, I'll catch you very soon. And yep. good luck with everything. Hope you stay well and healthy. Thank you. Mm. To you all as well. Take all care. Right, bye. See you. bye. Blessings. Bye. Oh, what what a positive conversation that How was. How sweet. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Like, I, you know, I kind of, <laughs> it's funny, like I kind of wasn't expecting <clears throat> that to be posit- positive, just because often... It wasn't the man bashing you were hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> or that I'm used to. Um, no, right. but I think it's like often when we, <clears throat> it's true, and I think you've taught me a lot about this, but it's like you know, there's another side to, in this case, let's say feminism, or like I said before, the the quest for equality, which is not just shitting on everything that's wrong, because that's one side of it is like, you know, tear down the establishment, like fuck the patriarchy and all that kind of jazz. That's one side of it. But we also need to give attention to nourishing the you know, we can we can tear out the weeds, but we need to water the flowers as well. You know, otherwise, like the garden's just going to be an empty. There's going to be no weeds, but it's still shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And it's like, <clears throat> if my analogy makes sense, it does. I get it. Thanks. Um, but I think also it's just like you know personally, and like um, this has been kind of my experience and my process of like, you know like learning to navigate the world as a woman and yeah. discovering feminism and discovering certain things about myself or why I felt certain things about a situation and this in relationship to being a woman. So it's like when you educate yourself and you learn about this, then you're more ready to face certain situations, Okay, you know? Um, so for example, like, and this kind of, you know, comes to women, um, like you said, being in the industry and like cracking on and, and doing work and being in different spaces. Yeah. But um, it's like when you, like, let's say, f- okay, I feel like I need to organize my thoughts. Okay. Sorry, there's too many. Should we take a commercial break? Head. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so what I was going to say is like the women that are there, we should like, acknowledge their participation and and also I think like as we become more conscious and talk about these issues like realize what the things are that women in business roles face you know and become more aware of like oh you know this is a reality of being a businesswoman or you know in a position of decision making um And for me, that has been really helpful in like not reconciliating with like being a woman, but like understanding, okay, I'm a woman and this is what it means. Okay. So for example, it's like sometimes if I'm being direct about something, because this I stole from Janelle Monet, but like (laughs) she has, she had this interview where she was like, oh, the idea that I go by is like, I come in peace, but I mean business. Okay. So like, yeah, we can have a chat and be fun but like what are we talking about yeah, and what's yeah, yeah. the deal so like <laughs> this is very you actually <laughs> there's been times that like I'm direct about something that's not done or you know that hasn't been delivered the quality is not there yeah. and then if I say that straight like okay this is not on par this is not what we talked about blah 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 I get told that I'm not nice yeah 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 I got told like three or four times last year that I wasn't being nice was it by me no <laughs> 
in a professional way. Okay, okay. But it's like Our this relationship is, is different. This is something that I don't think men experience. Um, like if you if you talk about something that's not being done, and it's like okay, granted, maybe sometimes I, I could use like a little bit of, you know, nicer wording. But it's like no, but you're not particularly blunt. You're you're straight up, but there's a lot of women that I, I mean. Yeah, that I know that are my friends that are, like speak like you. Like I think Dee Dee's yeah. a bit like that. Like yeah. just straight to the point. And it's like I've never person. Maybe it's my personality. I've never found it not nice. I just find yeah. it like oh yeah, they're just straight to the point. Tally's like that. A lot of the women I think I'm around tend to be like that. But this is like something that happens where it's like, uh, you're like you're not being nice, mm. and so it's like, okay, I have to now think about like whether I'm actually not being nice or whether it's like because I'm challenging you and saying that I'm not happy with something then you're trying to make this about me being a problem do you think that and I, I think that on, that's sorry. something that's like <clears throat> the kind of comment or the kind of responses that men don't really face and there's other things too like for example there's been like instances where let's say with aim collective it's me and sean yeah i'm the one doing all the correspondence yeah. i'm the one replying to the email saying this is what we're doing yeah, next yeah. we walk in the meeting and the person's like right sean so yeah yeah right right so there's just a lot of things that like you know i've had that like similar like i even noticed that i went to um with a friend of mine i went to get uh her bike broke and we went to get it fixed. Right. And the guy, she brought it in. I was just with her. And yeah. the guy spoke to me about her bike. And I just ignored him. I just like looked at him. And then she answered. And he kind of like, but it's like he was asking me like, oh, do you want to like do this? And I'm like, you know, it's not my bike. But it's like, I, even I notice these things of like where we assume it's the man in charge. Like you see those little gender, um, I guess, stereotypes yeah. or whatever. Preconceptions. Like you You can't like you know this is just kind of now going on the topic of like uh, women and like yeah yeah all of that but i think um this is something that like you know is present in the world in general so it's present in our yeah. industry as well um and that if people are more like it, it's like you know a white person might not be aware of all the microaggressions and yeah. all the like little things that people of color have to face and then other way around like men might not be aware of like all these little things that women have to deal with like yeah. on the regular like dealing with an you know in an industry that has like a lot more men at the forefront and what we spoke about so i think this is just like an interesting perspective where something something to think about maybe something to like ask your female friends and co-workers but about you know what i think is also interesting is like i think that that's not just a woman thing i'm not saying it's also a man thing but in terms of like i've heard this about minorities like mm -hmm. if a black person if they're the only black person in the organization if they get told like if they're trying to be strong and outspoken like they could be seen as like the, the mouthy or, black person or do yeah. you know what i mean it's like it, it it's easy for i guess like them to be labeled with these things when you're like like a woman or a black yeah. person or a, like or a me woman Mexican or something of, yeah it's like like disability so it's like any there's a lot of there's a lot of um i guess it's like like white people have <laughs> put a lot of stereotypes on women and minorities are based around this idea of like rowdiness in a way if you think about it being a negative thing yeah i don't see it if you think about every culture that have been oppressed by white people right yeah. like the the loud talking thing is a negative stereotype in all of those 
cultures or I find like I'm kind of saying this off the top of my head but do you know what I mean it's like the it's like the person that like shakes up the room and says that they don't yeah. like it's like a, always seen as like a negative stereotype with women with black people it's like one of those things that it's like leaned into I guess yeah do you not find yeah I guess I haven't like really thought about it like that but I think it's for me more about just like like the person not being how you want them to be but this is what I mean like yeah. I think that's the reason for that stereotype yeah. being a negative thing is to, to it's be part quiet. of the oppression yeah. it's like oh we don't like women that's that speak up and are loud and, and blah blah because we want to continue to control the room yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, and yeah. like if we allow them to like you know I guess it's going back to like that mad men era in the 50s yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. of like the woman like having a say in that, the way the household is run yeah is not seen as like how my parents grew up with like, yeah, well, if we do this together, we're going to raise our kids better. It's a, if you speak up, you're going to take away from the man's power, yeah. which is, I guess, how oppression works, you know? <laughs> like, I, I guess. Um, but why did we stop talking about that? Um, I don't know, because I diverted the conversation in, in a weird way. Yeah. But no, because we were talking about like women you know, being celebrated, like the women that are present, right, yeah, present yeah. being celebrated. And, and then, being told you're not nice and stuff like that. And then that. I just went on a tangent. That's totally fine. We're here yeah. for tangents. It's, yeah. the, it's the Duke London podcast. We are all about tangents. What up? The Duke Tangent podcast. Okay. Tangent London podcast. You're getting lost. Okay, I'm doing a tangent. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. But I think this is important, especially from, I guess, like an ally an ally place mm -hmm. you know like if we're not a woman or like you know me as like a I always say I always describe myself as like a white man but like I'm half Indian so I, you know it's like you're white presenting yeah <laughs> kind of <laughs> but like I always end up like putting myself in that box and then complaining when the world does it but it's like it's me doing it yeah. anyway but like I guess you know from an ally perspective we should focus as much well, yeah, as much as we can on celebrating the people who are doing the work as opposed, as well as finding problems, you know, in in the inequalities, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like coming up like with solution to create more opportunities for people who aren't represented, but also acknowledging and like celebrating the people who are there. Yeah, like we spoke on the last episode about um, Colin Kaepernick mm -hmm. and it's like how he was a villain yeah. and he was a villain to the to the people who opposed him but he was also kind of ignored by everyone was like oh yeah he's great but okay cool like that like all the companies all yeah. the like they kind of didn't do anything and then when everyone started kneeling yeah. the whole thing then he was a hero yeah. so it's like if we had instead of you know at that time there was you know a lot of people when he first did that, it was like, oh, yeah, there's not enough people and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, again, focusing on the problems. But what if we had uplifted Kaepernick the way he was after, like earlier on? Yeah. Like maybe that would have, you know, I'm not saying instead of, but as well as that would yeah. have helped a lot. <laughs> and, and this is the thing that's like, you know, interesting and and hard at times, you know, because the thing is, it's like, OK, personally, you know, I'm for, um, you know, all the the 
like these causes advancing and like having more yeah. women at the forefront and celebrating the women who are there more and blah, blah blah but it's like okay then when I'm in a position of power or when I'm hiring I'm the one hiring I'm the one planning for a project then for me like right you know it's important to look at and say like oh what if this had happened and what if like more people had supported and what yeah. if all these companies had jumped on board but it's like Okay, so fair enough to ask that question and to say the world would be a better place if that happened. Mm. But then for me, it's more like a whenever I'm in a position, do I make sure that there's like women who are there? Right. Like, so like when if, I'm in a place of work, yeah. do I say, hey, why there, are there no women here? Yeah. Or do you say, well, I'm a woman that's here, so that's enough. Exactly. You know? and so like, like, then you forget about the fight once you're in the place. Exactly. So like, <clears throat> let's say um, one thing that's like stayed on my mind, because now I'm like the strategic manager for um, the cat street dance program at Swindon Dance. Okay. And like I was looking at who they hired as teachers in the past few years. And I was like. It's 90% male. Yeah. 50%, if not more, of the students are girls. Yeah. Like, why do they not have a teacher who looks like them? Yeah. And why do they have a teacher who's like the same gender but doesn't look like them? Like, everyone should get to learn from people who don't look like them and people who look like them. Yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, and now that I'm here and I, I'm in a position where I'm the one who's arranging to like restructuring the whole program, but like, also hiring teachers I'm like okay I want you know women of color yeah more women of color I want it to be like equal across the board because this is another thing about like hip-hop in general you know I'm gonna say maybe this is controversial <laughs> but like we always <clears throat> look at um like the arts council and other places to be inclusive like oh you know you don't include hip-hop artists and blah 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 <clears throat> but yet like being inclusive means that within your own organization, you're hiring a range of different people. Right. So we want other, we want the arts council and theaters and venues to be more inclusive and welcoming. But yet you'll see an event with like the organizer is male, the DJ is male, the host is male, all the judges are male. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the whole team, like the videographer is male, the photographer is male, and you'll have one girl taking money at the front. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, like, I think it's, uh, is that is that intersection, intersectionality? Is that something? Is that to do with, well, like, uh, where it's like, if you're, if you're, if you're, I, I don't know what the word is, maybe I'm just talking shit, but like, yeah. if you're, um, if your anti-racism work doesn't include feminism or if your feminism doesn't include anti-racism, you know, it has. It can't be just like, oh, yeah, there's loads of black and brown people in this event. Yeah, but you're all men. Or like there's loads of women here, but you're all white. It's yeah. like it has to mix. It's about equality, not just that. Or like just about, you know, <clears throat> being inclusive of the people who are part of the community. Like mm. there are women who are part of the community, right, but right. they're not included in your event right. like you're just making them pay at the door yeah, yeah. but like they're not getting any <clears throat> like space to to do their thing so like events is like one thing that I feel like is super obvious for me like yeah. that I see like how you know heavily heavily like male <clears throat> facing it is and again you'll have some female producers working on events but you know, it's like, is it a conscious decisions of the producers and, and of the organizers to make sure that like the events are inclusive? I don't think, I don't think it's a priority. Summer dance forever. I don't <laughs> think 
<laughs> it's a priority. Sometimes, just well, no, Shizubu doesn't exist anymore. But I'm just saying, like, and you know, <clears throat> I understand that there are like. I understand that in decision making, there's a lot of factors that come into play, yeah. you know, and that like are things that I don't even think about. So it's easy to sit here and criticize yeah. and, you know, talk about these things. So I understand that there's so many like stakes at play when you decide to put something on. Yeah. But I just <clears throat> find it sad that like that seems to never be a very important factor. Yeah. Interesting. I said it. Come I find said me. it in London. I said it. What's that from? Um, Chris Rock. Yeah. Or is it Kevin Hart? No, I think it's Chris Rock. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. I'm I'm just reflecting for a moment. Um, yeah. So as a producer, do you find that... Is that what I was going to ask? Yeah. Do you find that like your career trajectory mm-hmm. uh, is dependent on who you choose to work with as an artist? Because it's like, yes, you have to believe, but it's kind of like, let's say you're only working for AIM. Mm-hmm. It's like, if Sean gets lazy, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, does that kind of screw your career? Do you know, it's just like your attack, like, whereas if you get lazy, does that affect Sean's career in the same way? Like, what's the balance there? I mean, <clears throat> ideally, the idea is like, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's like, and again, it depends on like different people, but yeah. a lot of like producers, I think, have like different artists or a different like a portfolio of projects that they work on. So it's not only depending on um like one you know like all your eggs are in one basket exactly that's what i was gonna ask you actually that would be my method as a producer is like let me not just have one person that i'm throwing all my exactly but by the same token it's like hopefully by the time you have formed a partnership and of a producer with an artist you both have like a desire for like a long-term and like a plan for a long-term trajectory so that even if the person gets lazy it's like okay but you don't have a choice like this is your job like right you have to go do this project we booked this project <clears throat> so it's like ideally you know I'm not really interested with like at this point of working with artists that are like oh yeah I want to do this piece but then after that I might just take like a six months break <laughs> like it's like let's go. Like we're like, doing. Yeah, it you want to work or you don't want to work. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like so. This is this thing of like you know, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It kills the momentum and it's hard to get anywhere like that. So mm. for me, it's like ideally when you start working with an artist is because you both have the desire to like see this through past like the project that's in two, three, five, six months. You know, and and you're already thinking of beyond that. Mm. Like you have to be thinking like six, seven months ahead. So if you're already thinking, I'm not sure I'm going to want to do this in eight months. Well, let's not start. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then things happen. You know, people are like, oh, finally I did it. I hated it and I don't want to do this anymore. And they stop. And then you or, you know, you get in a fight. Then something happens. A relationship breaks. Well, you have other projects. And then like there's always like the more that I'm doing now, the more that I'm getting asked 
to do, do things. Yeah. It's the same way any business works. Exactly. Yeah. So, so in that sense, like, and especially funnily enough, right now, COVID time for producers, a lot of producers I know are like, oh my God, I have so much work. Like, mm. it's crazy. I've never been so busy because now everyone is just like, we don't get to action much. Everyone is in the like, the the planning, planning and like okay what's next how are we gonna do like what's the next move forward and yeah. blah, blah blah so right yeah. now it's actually like you know I mean don't get me twisted it's like I work on a lot of different projects that like like don't really fully get paid for or like I help yeah. like I'm kind of doing some producing work for some friends and helping them out yeah. with different things which is taking time but I see it also as an investment of like right if she gets an opportunity you know out of me helping her yeah. then it's good for everybody like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not just about money either yeah truth because if it was just about money I would not be working in this industry <laughs> <laughs> um, true that is also true Oh, what was I going to ask you? Um, oh, yeah. So what, as a producer, because now you've been on both sides, you've been a dancer, you've been an artist, you've created work, and now you've done a lot of work in producing. So if you had to give some tips to the artists out there, like let's say the creators, the makers out there, so choreographers, the the artists that want to create a body of work as opposed to maybe being competitive or um, getting booked for job, job, job. Like they want to create a body of work, which is like, here's my artistic portfolio or whatever. Like mm -hmm. what problems do you see with like different levels of artists or what is the, is there any consistent things that artists keep doing, which is like shooting themselves in the foot or any things that you're like this, a lot of artists do this and they need to stop that shit. Like, <laughs> um, Without cussing everyone out. Okay. <laughs> Including There's, me. Uh, well, this would be, this would be fun, but maybe on the next podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, okay so there's a few different things. <clears throat> I think an important thing is to like get better at, um, and like, and this is something that like everything that I'm going to say is like, you know, not in the view of like cussing people, but really just like skills to acquire that I find useful. Yeah. So, or just like uh, feedback. Um, <laughs> so don't be not nice. <laughs> don't be not nice. Um, <laughs> so one thing is like to get better and gain clarity on like your work and what you have to say as an artist. Because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of different people that I've worked with and I for sure understand the process that like things might not be clear at the beginning or if you're working on something, you're not sure what you want to say, you have an idea and a notion of it. But it's like, if you're not clear about what you're saying, just say, I'm not clear yet. <laughs> and like, you know, instead of sometimes I feel like it can fall into the spiritual, like the kind of spiritual and like it, abstract abstract explanation of like I'm just like researching the sentiment of the perspective of seeing the world through the lens of somebody <laughs> who's been through experiences that were traumatic <laughs> like what are you saying yeah like this doesn't mean get, anything yeah 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 like get to the point kind of thing like you know if it's that it's like I'm researching like my research is about like the violence done to women and how it affects them in the workplace yeah yeah like and so I guess this is also like feeds into stuff like when you're writing applications and stuff you can't just be waffling about stuff that doesn't really get to the point exactly and it's like 
especially if you're like thinking of working with collaborators, like you want to work with a music producer yeah. and a light designer, like they need to <clears throat> understand what's in your head. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. part of the producer's role can be to like uh, articulate that, you know, and like once they're on the same page as you to be able to like be another voice. Mm, and like translate you almost. Yeah. But also as an artist, like this is your job to express yourself. Yeah. It's, that's what you want to do. You want to express your ideas. Mm. And like, although I understand dance is like the physical medium, like if you're working with a team, like language and words is how we like organize the world, you yeah. know? So I think that, that like getting, practicing that and it's a skill. It's like yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. if you, you practice and you do it more, you get better at it. And like, you know, I often refer to like the music industry as like a parallel to, yeah. to stuff just because it's something I care about. But like someone like Kendrick Lamar has a lot of very specific, very noticeable and, um, like techniques that stand out things that are very Kendrick Lamar about his music and the way his production is done mm -hmm. so that doesn't happen by accident is the point like yeah. Kendrick Lamar doesn't walk into the studio and go yeah I just need it to feel Kendrick Lamar and like he just wraps a 16 like a 16 bars and then goes home and they they make it he is able to communicate Somehow, I don't know how that works behind the scenes but he's able to communicate to his producer the any um uh musicians that are playing music on his track like what he needs how he needs it to sound his management his label like he's able to communicate what that quality is and of course like you said there's a team maybe people are influencing that that aren't just him but there's a way that he communicates his ideas so that that can be communicated to the world effectively and the reason why one of the reasons why he's one of the you know the top however many rappers in the history of the world mm -hmm. is Partially because of his ability to do that and to get his his brand and his identity out there clearly. And it's not, I'm sure there's other people that are just as talented, but they weren't able to, it's like when you work with them, you're like, what, what the fuck are you talking about, you know? Yeah, and for me, it's like also this thing of like, this is the analogy that's been in my head for a few months, but it's like, okay, let's say you have this like artistic universe. Yeah. That's like, I imagine it as a room. Mm -hmm. It's like, you want to enter the room through the keyhole. Okay. And like, you know, to, to be able to enter that. And for me, it's like the idea and the precision is like, you need to know exactly like where to come in and like what you're talking about in, in, in order, order to them. be able to access this whole thing that's in your head, this whole idea. If you're just like busting through the walls, you know, yeah, you yeah. get there, but then it doesn't quite look like what you wanted it to look like. Mm. And know? it's like, I guess you're, as an artist, you're inside the room with it locked just shouting outside like come in come in where it's yeah. like if you tell them exactly which key to choose from outside what does it look like how where does it go where the keyhole is then they can open it and, and to join you in your world exactly right. so i think like as artists like it's helpful if you gain like like clarity about what is it that you want to say and what it is that you want to do and then to be able to like communicate that verbally yeah. with other people or like or written and but. one thing I, I would add to that as an artist side of it is and I'm telling this to myself as much as anyone else is not getting defensive yeah. because I find myself doing it like I, I have a producer that I'm working with Gabby she's wonderful on my company and 
she will question me about stuff and just come to me and be like, yo, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I kind of get, get up in my feelings and be like, oh, like I just, it, it's just is like, it's just like that. And I have to say, no, like the point of this is that she's, you know, your partner, your team, like you were a team with this. So I have to like, calm down, don't get defensive and be like, right. What I, maybe I'm not talk, like maybe I don't know what I want to say and just like I think as an artist I can vouch for that like admitting that you're like oh, I don't really know it's tough like it feels like you're saying you're not a good artist or you don't have a point to your work which is it hurts a bit like to, to have to admit that to you to someone but I guess that's why you need that relationship where you have a producer who doesn't make you feel like it's, like shit or whatever exactly and it is like you know like I've been there too, yeah. you know, and it's like, it is a vulnerable place yeah. and it is like, especially not, when it's something that's close to your heart Yeah, yeah. and someone's coming and going, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's something like personal that you want to express, but yeah. you don't really know how. So it's like, you don't, you're not fully clear about how you want to say it. And then you try to articulate it. And the person is like, oh, that doesn't really make sense. And you're like, oh, you just don't understand me. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, okay but also like you're not making it and it's easy. your job to make help me to understand yeah exactly and so i think that that's like a big thing especially for like um artists that are like maybe wanting to explore more with theater and yeah. like expressing a specific idea that's in their head like i think that that's something that's really really helpful and then the other thing would be like to start building a team okay and how does one go about building a team? And well, who would that team consist of? You would be probably better than me at answering <clears throat> that question because you're actually quite good at building teams. Oh, oh, look at this. You admitting uh, I'm good at something. <laughs> this, is, this is a new... Oh. Well, what it's a new segment of the podcast. Yeah, what, what persona is this that you're putting on? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but honestly, like even yeah. with Gabby and with... Um, Elephant. Elephant and just... Elephant is my company. Making an yeah. elephant is my company for context. In general, like, I think when you have projects on, you're quite good at bringing people on and, like, yeah. engaging them, leaving room for them and stuff. So it's, like, you, it's hard to do all alone. And yeah. at the same time, you, like, uh, it's, like, goes back to what I was saying before. And you might not have the money to pay that person, but you, like, want to build something with them. So it's, like, as an artist, if you want to have a long career you're not gonna do it alone yeah. at some point you're gonna need people to help you and at some point you're gonna need to like build partnerships and collaborations so like start like start meeting people like but does building a team because I'm, I'm imagining like okay i'm a solo artist let's say mm -hmm. um i've done some some shit and i want to build a, an hour-long solo and mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna i've got a great idea who, because my, like, I'm thinking of hearing this for the first time and I'd be like, yeah. what does it mean to build a team? Like, do I need, does it mean I can't do a solo? Does it mean like I, ha I have to have like a crew of dancers or a company of dancers? Or does it mean I need to find myself a manager, a lighting designer or this or that, a musician, a music mm -hmm. producer? Like what, cl what is it that we need from a team? Well, it depends what you're doing and what stage you're at. Yeah. And it depends like, and this is your job as an artist too. It's to identify what support you need. Right. Like, and you know, to uh, like. How, how do we do that? So to a, a certain extent, like, and this is one thing in, in the hip hop community and, you know, even in the dance industry in general, it's like 
people are very, very, very generous with their time. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, I don't know how many times, like I have so many people that I know that I can call on if oh, I have yeah. a question and I'm not sure about something yeah. or like, Same you know, like artists for artists are a great example of that. And like, I don't know how many times I like texted or emailed or called Lee and I was like, I'm doing this thing. I'm not really sure what I should <laughs> do next. Or like yeah. crazy smooth. Same. I can, I, I can call him. And now like yeah. Farouk has helped me as well to clarify certain things. And it's like, I have to also say on that note, cause it would be wrong of me not to also give flowers, but it's like me coming up in the, in the UK industry, in the UK, like hip hop scene, let's say like, I heard so much shit about people not being supportive and, and blah, blah, blah. Just everyone complaining about stuff like that. But my experience has been insane with the amount of people in this scene that have helped me. And I'm not just talking about friends of mine that I care about or people that I've worked with. Like I've called random people to ask for advice. Like I like, you know, I at one I might have said this on the podcast before, but like when I, I didn't really know Brooke that well, I've called him and been like yo someone asked me about a judging job like how do I even begin to charge for judging you know people that I've like publicly disagreed with like Kashmir yeah have spent hours helping me with my dance you know behind the scenes when no one was there like spending time training me and answering questions yeah. and stuff and it's like I haven't paid any of these people you know like there's so many people that have gone out of their way to like help me just for the sake of helping you know and have never come back and asked like oh yeah by the way you know I did help you with your dance can you yeah. do this for me like so, and yeah. to a certain extent is the same with producing like yeah. Michelle, uh, Jonesy, like a bunch of people who have more experience and who are doing what you might want to do. Yeah. Like you could just reach out to them and be like, hey, can I buy you coffee? Yeah. Or call you. I have a question, some questions. Um, I'm like I've done. And, you know, I would say be prepared, like have some questions. And like, this is what I've done. This is what I want to do. What do you think I should do next? What would make sense for me? And they're like, a lot of people will be glad to help you. Even if you don't know them personally, this yeah. is also an opportunity to build a relationship. And like, there's a lot of people, for example, like, I feel like Kenrick, for example, I know him quickly like meaning like I know him yeah and we <clears throat> say hi and we're cool and all of that but I don't have a close relationship with him yeah. but by the same token I feel like if ever I like hit him up and I said hey I really need help and I would really like to have your input in this like I wouldn't be surprised if he just said like yeah sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and that he would be happy to help someone who wants to make it. And I think also, you know what's key from, because I feel like I've been on both sides now. I'm a bit older and I feel like I've been the artist and I still am in a lot of cases that just calls people and like, help, please give yeah. me advice. But then also I've been now on the side of like younger artists will call me and ask for advice or whatever. And I think one key thing, or let me say two key things. The first one is, I think you're going to say, like, this is me chipping in my advice, but it's like, people are going to say no a lot. Like, I'm too busy, I've got time, blah, blah. Like, honestly, even now, do you know how many times I, I mean, not not now with Corona, but like, how many times I offer people a coffee? <laughs> Can I buy you a coffee sometime, blah, blah. And I get no's all the time. Like, I'm too busy, like, I haven't got time, like, maybe later. Or people that are just like, yeah, sometime, and it never happens. Like, I do it all the time. Like, it, with anyone that I think might be able to offer me advice. Like, there was a music video I think I told you about this, a music video director from yeah. an artist that I love in the States. He lives in New Jersey 
he happened to reply to my DM or something because I just wrote him to say like I love the music video that you put out and then I was like uh, if you're ever in London like can I buy you a beer <laughs> just yeah. in a way of like I'll think of what to ask you when you get here but yeah. I just want to like sit down and I think just keep doing that with people and you'll find people that have the time but I think the second thing is I very very rarely have ever asked someone to do something for me like yeah. I've never come like I didn't come to Brooke like for in that example when I, I asked I don't even train know. me yeah like yeah. I, I don't even know if he would remember this but like I asked him about pricing and yeah, yeah. as a judge because I hadn't judged much at that time and I never I, I didn't come to Brooke and say I need more judging jobs can you put me on yeah, yeah. I said I'm trying to make it I have yeah. these opportunities I'm already doing this stuff but I just need you to assist me in helping myself and I think that's the key is like if you can find a way to figure out what you want to get from these people without asking them to do something for you yeah you're just telling them look I'm already doing this yeah um, I'm trying to make it I'm trying to help myself Give yeah. help me have tools to help myself as yeah. opposed to help me do it for me give me opportunities no give me the tools I need to create my own opportunities yeah and to a certain extent that's what I was saying about like if you're asking for somebody's time then like honor their time by being ready yeah oh, you yeah, know yeah. and like <clears throat> knowing what you want to know and being able to like articulate what you're doing about your project and if you're not in a position to do that then maybe take the time to do that and then call them you know or call them and then maybe that'll put like a fire under your bum yeah. to to do it <laughs> yeah um but I think that that's definitely... Um, and people want to know, like, people want to help people yeah. who they think are going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this is something that you know, I think we underestimate as, like, younger artists. Like, we think we're the drain or, like, we're just, like, calling it wasting your time. But even now me, I'm like, if a young dancer calls me up for help, I'm like... Oh, I wanna I wanna give you advice now because if you blow up, like I want you to like for us to have a connection. So it's like you're you are offering something, even if it's not now, you're offering something with your potential. If people see you as like a hard worker and like a great producer or whatever, and you call for advice, that it, as an experienced professional, you wanna make connections with the young up-and-comers who are dope, you know? Like I have I, I would like to say like a, a good relationship with Ice. And before he was ice and before he was dope and like, but he was just a younger dancer. You know, he's always been good, but he didn't have the name that he did. But we used to talk loads about hip hop. And now it's like, because I didn't wait for him to get fame and then be like, oh, hey, can we be friends? You know, it's like, I want to make connections with the young up and coming hip hop dancers because I care about the scene. And I'm like, you know, even for all the ices I've spoken to about hip hop, there's plenty of people that you never heard their name that I've also spoken to because yeah. they never made it or never did good, you know? Yeah, but also um, I think that, you know, in the same conversation of uh, or like throwing back to what we were saying yeah. with, uh, with Red, it's like a lot of people who are like in a good position in the hip hop sector, like want to see more of us. Exactly. And like, this is the other thing. Yeah. You know, we want to see more successful artists. We want to see more <laughs> hip hop producers. Like yeah. everyone wants that. Like, And they know that you trying to do it without asking for help is less likely that you're going to do it. Yeah. But also like these people like are busy and they have their hands full and they're running companies yeah. and trying to make a million projects happen. Yeah. So they're not going to call you and be like, Hey, do you need help? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It, you know, but if you ask and if you ask for a specific thing, then most people will give you time. Like, I feel like this is also, you know, kind of you alluded to it, 
But you know this like kind of narrative of like oh people in the hip hop community don't support each other. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no support for me. It's like I hate that. And um, I found an analogy that you're gonna love. Go on. Okay. So for me, this is like the Avengers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where we're all playing different parts and we're all like trying to get Thanos. Yeah. But like you don't see Spider-Man being like, why isn't anyone shooting web with me? Like, <laughs> do you think shooting web is stupid? Like, nobody appreciates how hard it is to like shoot web. <laughs> you know, Iron Man is just like doing Iron Man. Yeah. And then Black Panther is doing Black Panther. And like maybe Ant-Man in a conversation in his living room would be like, it's really hard to get really, really small and then to grow big. And he's going to have a talk about it. But yeah. like, this isn't like, like oh no one supports how like tiny I have to get <laughs> and when I fight it's really hard like okay but this is not the point like we're all trying to do the same thing in different ways and I guess also it's the working with your analogy it's like what you said about asking for something specific it's like if Ant-Man is there going like it's really hard to get small no one cares and it's like yeah we do we're just doing other shit like do you need something if you're like oh yeah me my pa- I don't know I'm like rolling with your analogy but yeah. like if I'm Ant-Man and my powers don't allow me to like uh, fucking do something I might call Iron Man and be like I need help on this specific thing because my powers don't help me with that and then Iron Man's gonna go yeah cool you know yeah. whereas if or you just sit there going why isn't he helping it's like with what when what like what do you want support with and I'll help you exactly like, it's like you know when they they did the like the the attack all of them with like the girl who reads the, who like calms him and then there was like Spider-Man yeah 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 like so they all like play their different parts uh-huh. and then like they all complement each other and they all help each other but like they established how that was gonna happen before yeah. it wasn't just like you know and then you have the movies where like one is helping the other in a more specific way yeah and then they both go on their own mission they all have their own movies that they're (laughs) but then they're all fighting for the same thing yeah so in that sense it's like if we're talking about support and allyship i'm like anyone who is pushing hip-hop forward and who like wants to like our voices to be in different spaces are all allies. Yeah. Whether they care about me personally is like irrelevant yeah. because I personally, like I try to do meaningful work, but I'm like me personally is not like relevant to the bigger cause. We all play yeah. our part to make things better for all of us at the end of the day. So it's like getting caught up in the individual, like I'm not being supported Especially when you're not reaching out and asking for specific support. you What you actually want is a pat on the back, I find. It's like you want like this or you want someone to say, oh, can I give you help or can I, you know, it's like, it's like if you've reached out and said, hey, can you help me with this specific thing? Can you give me advice? And everyone's saying no, 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 then cool. But yeah. I don't see that happening a lot in our And industry. it's like, have you taken full advantage of all the opportunities that were presented to you? Yeah. And it's like, oftentimes, if you feel like you're not being supported, then the answer is no, because there's something you could have done better to seek the support that you needed. So it's like this thing of just, I don't know, but this is the way I see things. And I understand that, like, there's things that I don't know. And there's experiences that, like, might be frustrating or might feel lonely. And, like, I get all of it. But I just think this outlook of, like, uh, I'm alone in this and people don't support me. Like, okay, then what like yeah, yeah. 
where does that take that you? Narrative. How do you fix the, How do you fix this then? Not mm. by just sitting and crying about it. No one's gonna come get you and like comfort you. You know, we're all trying to be Avengers yeah, yeah. out here. So this is our advice to artists. I'm Scarlet Witch. Why? Because I'm the strongest. Just because we watched WandaVision last yes. night. So there's no reason. Yes. Because I'm the strongest. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. Because she can do um, mind stuff. It's so annoying because you're kind of right, but you don't know why you're kind of right. So it's just annoying that you're just throwing that out. Do you have any more questions <laughs> for me? <laughs> I actually don't. Um, okay. Let's wrap up. Um, <clears throat> thank you so much, Jenny Lou, for being here. Thank you. Uh, I don't know when the next time is that I'll see you. So uh, hope everything is well. <laughs> At home. <laughs> be, um, be professional. And I want to say thank you for having me and to artists for artists. Yes. Um, as we said last in last week's episode, uh, due to coronavirus, shit is getting real. Um, shit is real. <laughs> we're not allowed to have too many people in the studio. So um, we are doing this collaboration with Duke London Podcast with Artists for Artists, which is Lee, Emily and Joseph. Um, obviously, they can't be here because we can't have that many people in the studio. But yeah, big shout out to them to, for making this happen. Um, it's been tough to keep the Duke London Podcast going and they've given me a great opportunity to be able to run a few episodes and have some great conversations with some great people. Um yeah, so this is part of the Artist for Artist Digital Spring Stage, um, which is an eight-week kind of online stage, in air quotes. Um, there's going to be weekly content. I think we will be, this would be probably the second week, I guess. Um, yeah, weekly content from a variety of artists for different projects. You'll have to tune into the website to see everything, but I kind of know pretty much everything that's happening and it's and it's all really dope stuff so i'm really excited for it to come out um www.artistsforartists.co.uk the artist the four is a is a four the number four not f-o-r but it will be on your screen anyway um yeah big shout out for to artists for artists for that in terms of the duke london podcast um if you are an artist for artists fan base and you're not a regular listener to my podcast we have all the other episodes i think i had 28 i want to say before this collaboration and they're all on spotify youtube um everywhere except for soundcloud follow like and subscribe leave a comment below yeah you're such an influencer what well i'm you're so great thank you um yeah and we are i'm not gone um I know I haven't put any episodes out since the end, just before Christmas. Um, <clears throat> I am working with a team as back to the conversations of finding yourself a team. No, we can't touch Corona. We live I together. Mean, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to shake your hand. But <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working with a team to make the Duke London podcast a real thing and make it a bit more sustainable. And it is a real thing already. It's a real thing, but we're looking at, you know, options to make it, happen weekly especially with corona it's hard to you know we did a lot of episodes from in the house um and i want to you know make it into more of a like kind of regular institution i guess or something something regular so i have a team and we're working on it and we will definitely be bringing you something at some point but we're kind of taking the time doing the behind the scenes work so that when we come doing back, the producing part doing the producing part to come back strong and consistent because um, I don't want to rush. This is why I keep going on about these Zoom podcasts that I don't want to do. 
I don't want to rush it. I don't want to make it cheap, easy content. I want to really like put out a good product because I care about it and I really value all the feedback that people have given me and said that they enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So He does. He tells me about it. Shut up. Stop embarrassing me at work. <laughs> um, I'm never having you back on again. Um, the next one is going to be worse. <laughs> I'm not paying you. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, anyone that's been rocking with the Duke London podcast from the beginning, or not from the beginning, I super appreciate you. Anyone that's come here via Artists for Artists, we as Artists for Artists appreciate you. And yeah, keep an eye. If you don't know anything about Artists for Artists, please go and check out our socials and our YouTube and everything. Um, Artists for Artists do great work, so they're definitely worth um, kind of keeping up to date with. And yeah, that is all. And we will see you next week. Um, you can subscribe to all the stuff, leave comments and all that, like Jenny said, as as a producer. Add Jelly, uh, jelly Lou. Jelly Add Lou. Jenny Lou on Instagram and it's Facebook. Gonna, it's going to come up on the screen. Find me. It's going to probably be there right now. While we're Slide in my DMs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> About work. <laughs> yeah, of course, with work opportunities. <laughs> Stop winking. Stop, okay. win- Stop winking into the microphone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can't hear you wink. All right, before this gets silly, let's wrap up. But yeah, thank everyone for listening and I will catch you next week. Outro music. You're going to be able to edit it in. I'm going to leave this part to make you sound stupid. Okay.